Our text this week is one that most of us are familiar with. Maybe you learned it in Sunday school, or maybe you uh, have seen it emblazoned on a wall, or you've watched the political battles play out over it, or maybe you just watched the movie. But the Ten Commandments is infamous in the biblical story. It's uh, the core of um, some commandments and laws that were given to the people of Israel as they moved from their enslavement in Egypt into a life of freedom in the promised land. And as they were on this journey, Moses is given these, these texts, these commandments up on Mount Sinai to take down to the people of Israel to help them form their new life together. I really think that these commandments form around the very first commandment, which is you shall have no other gods before me. This is really the core of it all. If, if you are worshiping this God, the God of Israel, then you will honor your mother and father. Then you will keep the Sabbath. Then you will not kill and you will not covet or want what someone else has. But the first thing is, is to have no other gods but this God. We all need these ways to organize our lives because throughout our lives, we get into places where we have decisions to make about our priorities or our direction. And we need ways to help us think about those more clearly. And throughout the history of, of spiritual life in our world, people have come up with these, these ways to filter experiences, these, these ways of discernment, these ways to distill down the wisdom of how to live our lives. And as I've been looking at these Ten Commandments the last few weeks, I was reminded of a, of a beautiful, um, beautiful text that was written by Ignatius of Loyola. It's called The Principle and Foundation which really is, is yet another way for us to think about our lives and to help us reflect on our decisions. And is also truly um, an explication of that first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. And so I've invited uh, my friend and someone who attends Valley Presbyterian often, Paul Dumanil, to talk more about the principle and foundation, something that has journeyed with him a lot in recent years. Hey, well, welcome, Paul. It's good to have you with us. Paul is a friend of mine, and uh, after 30 years in banking, he is now works as a spiritual director and grandpa to nine amazing kids. And um, he's joined us today to talk about a principle from St. Ignatius called the Principle and Foundation. So Ignatius lived probably around 1451. Um, and I would say one of the gifts, he was really quite a worldly guy to begin with. Um, loved to be in battles in the nobility range. He was a knight, very worldly, ladies man. Um, and then he had his conversion experience that was quite dramatic on the battlefield when he was injured. And I'll just keep it short, but I would say that one of the major gifts God gave Ignatius was the ability to look back on his experience and be able to discern it. And from looking back after a period of years, he found this kind of like a, a map of transformation 
And he laid it out in the spiritual exercises, which some of you may be familiar with. And, but the core of it is the principle and foundation which you're gonna talk about today. And it's really how to live, well, I don't wanna get into it too soon, but it's about really living the with God life. Yeah, so let's go through it. And why don't you just kind sure. of explain to me what it is and the content of it and help us understand it a little bit more. I think it's one principle and foundation, but I've broken it down because I think it works this way into six statements or six principles. I almost think if we go through the principles, we'll see the whole thing. How's that sound? Sounds great. Okay. So the first principle is the goal of our life is to live with God forever, the with God life. And really what Ignatius is saying here is that everything we do are choices, our desires, our hopes, that we should reorient, keep reorienting our, ourselves to live to the greater glory of God. So it almost sounds like Catholic Baltimore Catechism, but it, our, the goal of our life is to praise, reverence, and serve God. Yeah. That's, the that's the first statement. I love that, with God, um, to live with God, not for God, right. not in God, you know, in God's gaze, but there's a sense of being together with God in that. Right. Yeah. And reorienting ourselves because we all know we, we move away, we come back. And then the second principle is that God gave us life because God loves us unconditionally. And when we respond in love, it allows God's love to flow more into us and then out to the world. And the whole thing he's talking about that there is something we all know. It's about unconditional love. We are unconditionally loved by God. Nothing that we could do, have done, that has been done to us, nothing can separate us from God's love. Now, I know we know this, but the tricky part is allowing ourselves to be vulnerable enough to receive that love. He establishes our goal, and then he reminds us that God loves us, and then we move into the next part. Right. Here he gets into gifts, and he says, all things in this world are gifts of God, which God has given to us so we can use those gifts to his greater glory. Back to the first principle. So, he's, you know, you think of all the gifts we have, our families, our communities, uh, all the gifts God's given us to live life and our interest. He's not saying they're good or bad. He's just saying they're useful in the extent that they help us live to God's glory. The fourth one is we appreciate and use all these gifts of God insofar as they help us develop as loving persons. But if any of these gifts become the center of our lives, they displace God, and so they hinder us toward the goal. And I think it's easy to allow our, I find this, it's easy for me to allow the gifts that God's given me to become where I find my identity, my value, my worth, and when, when I go there, it just oops. It's a reminder. Oh, reorient. Come back to God. This is for God's glory. It reminds me of the, you know, the Ten Commandments of you shall love, no, have no other gods before me. Exactly. You know, God's gifts, they're kind of like the same thing. In this. Exactly. Exactly. So, so one of the points that he goes on to is to hold all these gifts lightly. 
so they mm -hmm. don't become the center of our life. That's a whole mm -hmm. nother sermon series for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try that later in the year. Yeah, later. <laughs> but what does he say? So I love, I love this next paragraph. That's a great the fifth, one. The fifth principle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. So it's really easy to read it, hard to live it. <laughs> the, right. the, fifth, the fifth principle is that in everyday life, we must hold ourselves in balance before all these created gifts that God has given us. So the idea is not to fix our desires on health or sickness, wealth or poverty, success or failure. Of course, we all want the plus ones of those. <laughs> His point, and it's a beautiful point, it's a life-changing point, I think. His point is that everything, the pandemic, everything has the potential of calling forth in us a deeper response of our life in God. You talk about reframing something. Right. So the wonderful moments of our life can draw us closer to God and the hardest, longest, most painful things have the potential to deepen our life with God. Yeah, it, it really seems to me to be a principle. This one seems to be a real principle of non-attachment, right? It is. Yeah. It is. For me, this one has been the biggest game changer because mm -hmm. there, as in all our lives, there are generally periods of extended suffering or loss or grieving. And mm -hmm. if you can have this view that this has the potential, even though I can't see it, feel it, et cetera, of deepening my life with God, it can just, it, it, even the dog barking, um, it, um, it's a game changer. It really is a game yeah. changer because you yeah. gives you hope. It makes you feel like it's not futile or worthless or just suffering for, yeah. Right. Well, and it, it changes what you're looking at, right? You're not yeah. focused on your suffering, or you're not even focused on your success, but you're looking for where is God in this? So the last principle is, and this is kind of the core of it, our one desire and our one choice is this, I want and choose whatever leads to a deepening of God's life in me. Deep breath. Yeah. Now, truthfully, I can't say that. I've had to work with this language to make it work. There's a lot of things in my life that I would never have chosen for myself or for others. But I, so I've ch changed to say, I want and accept whatever mm. leads to a deepening of God's life in me. And for me, that's, yeah, because I, I wouldn't have chosen dear friends to, you know, lots of things I wouldn't have chosen for myself or others, but I can come to a place of acceptance. Mm -hmm. And in that, it, that will lead to a deepening of God's life in me. Just that vulnerability of acceptance will lead to the, to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I think for me, whenever I read this, almost I'm always, I think I want to want to, you know, <laughs> or I want to accept um, because yeah, I yeah. sometimes I'm not quite there, but I know that's at the core of, of, of what I really want. It's just sometimes it's hard to get in touch with that desire. One, one prayer I love around that is I ask for the grace to desire. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how has it helped you? What's it been, what's been its function in your life? 
Well, I, I really became familiar and went and did a long study on this in 2008. I went through the spiritual exercises. And in 2010, we just had a year that was, you know, the year from hell, where mm -hmm. a family member was dying. I had to take over their business. My daughter's water broke at four months. We had to move up there and take care of her to the at-risk baby was born. And all these things happened in a period of 10 months. And it was one after the other. And I had this deep sense. I mean, I was just putting one foot in front of the other. That was, that was the goal. But I had this deep sense that this was leading to a deepening of God's life in me and to others around me whom I deeply loved who were suffering. And mm -hmm. I think that just that knowledge, it was mm -hmm. a living knowledge carried me through the whole experience. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, it did, and it did change me. It did change me. And, and the other thing was, because my time was so up against the wall, I was managing my own business, taking over my mother-in-law's business who had a stroke simultaneously. <laughs> it just goes on in the middle of this, that my own, the way I held my own life came mm -hmm. into question. And as you think about where we're at right now as a, a world, the world, the global community and um, trying to seek to rebuild and recover what, what do you imagine this, the principle and foundation might have to say to us in this time? Wow, that's a big one. I think it's gonna be so different for each of us. I think mm -hmm. for me, you know, I, you mentioned nine grandchildren, you know, they're mm -hmm. kind of the joy of my life, you know, each mm -hmm. of them in their own unique way. And mm -hmm. they're, I just think being able to be back with them being back mm -hmm. in community and church, there is going to be a way that I hold these things dear and take them less for granted. Mm -hmm. um, there are also maybe some things that I haven't been able to do so much of that I'll think, you know, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I don't need to go to that many restaurants. <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. Still miss, I still miss a good baseball game though. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, we still have to get to a Giants game yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. So as we make choices um, post, you know, post this time, asking ourselves, what will help me deepen my life with God and deepen the life of God in the world? And, um, you know, I think that that's a really powerful question as we come into thinking about new priorities and mm -hmm. putting our life together in this in this time. So, anything else you want to say? No. Might be nice to might be nice to read it. Why don't you read it for us? So here's the principle and foundation. The goal of our life is to live with God forever. God gave us life because God loves us. Our own response of love allows God's life to flow into us without limit. All the things in this world are gifts of God presented to us so that we can know God more easily and make a return of that love more readily. As a result, we appreciate and use all these gifts of God insofar as they help us develop as loving persons. But if any of these gifts become the center of our lives, they displace God and so hinder our growth towards our goal. In everyday life then, we must hold ourselves in balance before all of these created gifts, insofar as we have choice 
and are not bound by some obligation. We should not fix our desires on health or sickness, wealth or poverty, success or failure, a long life or a short life. For everything has the potential of calling forth in us a deeper response to our life in God. Our only desire and our one choice is this, I want and I choose whatever leads to the deepening of God's life in me. Amen. Thanks, Paul. Good to see you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>